Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. I am here with the Illini guys director of recruiting, Kedrick Prince. And then later on, we will have Matt Stevens on, the Illini guys staff writer. And tonight was a crushing defeat of Monmouth, 103 to 65. And Ked, do you know this was the first time since 1911 that the Illini opened a season with three straight wins of 30 points or more. Well, that's kind of surprising me with all the great history with the University of Illinois that they've had in the past. But you know what? You know, with the football season, you know, breaking records, I guess it's, it's you know, part of the course for the basketball team to do the same thing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, it, it's encouraging. I mean, it really is. I don't – I mean, I've not heard a lot about this, but you're going to start hearing a lot, a lot more when they be when they when they become on the national stage when this team gets on FS1 and ESPN that this team really does res- resemble a lot of the Flying Illini for the for the younger listeners out there you know YouTube there's some games out there I'm gonna tell you this team looks just like this team to me and I'm just talking from a defensive standpoint the way they can switch and the way they can guard I mean and they just and they try to tear the rim down. So it's 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 good. It's I'm, I'm I'm I can't believe the coaching job that Brad Underwood is doing because he's able to adjust them. And Mike, honestly, a lot of coaches don't do that. They keep a system and they don't change. This is kudos Underwood. He's had three or four different um, quote unquote systems since he's been there in six years. Yeah, um, uh, you know, it, it's like uh, uh, they've just. Turned it on, and and you know Brad Underwood keeps the pressure up with his intensity on the bench, even in the midst of a blowout like this game. Yeah, he's coaching. He's coaching for Friday. Um, you can tell, and you know from an X and O standpoint, I saw some different offensive sets tonight, some different looks tonight. You can tell that they've been hiding, not hiding things, but they didn't want to show a lot. But tonight. You know, it was kind of like practice the way I saw it. Um, they knew what this game was going to be. That's why it was scheduled, and that's why they're not playing in the Gavit games because, you know, they know they have a big trip coming up because they could have played the Big East on tonight. They really could have because they don't play again until Friday. But this was the game where you could work out the kinks and work on some things. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was really, um, you know, uh, it was, a, it, again, not a great team that they played. But you had to admire the intensity with which the Illini uh, came out and uh, played, and and they kept the pressure on. Um, but but we're gonna we're gonna see, I guess, come Friday night, get a little bit of a test, and and I think it's gonna be an interesting game for this team because the elevation in talent level. I think it's gonna take. You know, I know they practice against one another. But I do think it's going to take a little bit of a challenge to uh, get used to the speed with which UCLA will play again, uh, you know, play at. And um, I think UCLA is going to have to adjust to a team that's as aggressive and high pressure as what Illinois is. That was going to be my response, you know, to your question and statement. UCLA is going to have to adjust to Illinois as well. 
you know, it's the same thing because I think tonight they're playing Milk Folk Steak or somebody, something, somebody like that. That's not a real high level opponent right now either. Having said that, though, I know that they've traditionally begun in the past and they have a lot of young talent and they're young. And to me right now, I don't, I just see parity in college basketball. I mean, I know a lot of people are just probably counting this as a game that they want to see Illinois win. Michigan State and Gonzaga, they're not Illinois, but I tell you what, last Friday night, Michigan State gave Gonzaga all they wanted. So yep. it's college basketball. Illinois has the talent to win. And yet, just think about this. They've yet to have five guys just be just be themselves. Tonight was was close, but Coma Hawkins didn't score a lot tonight. Um and we know, you know, what he's capable of. I don't think he even shot a three tonight. I mean, which which is surprising to me, could have seen how well he's been shooting it. He was he, he was zero for one, so he did get one off. But you're right. So he got one off. Okay, and I know, you know, and that's a big part of their offense. You know, um, it was good to see some other guys step up a little bit. I'm really happy for Matthew um, Matthew Meyer Mayer to get going a little bit, um, and. Uh, RJ Melendez, because they're going to need those guys. I mean, you're not just going to have guys that, that can score, or if they are, they could be in foul trouble. You know, as good as Chan Shannon played, to, you know, tonight, what happens if he gets in foul trouble? Somebody else has to get that feel-good game. And another guy who I think is just waiting, Mike, I think he's just waiting, and I think he's there, this guy Clark. You can see it. It's just – I just think he's just being passive. I don't think he's even looking to score. And I think he's had – in those three games, he he had plenty of opportunities where he could have. Oh, and he didn't he didn't miss a shot tonight. Two for two from the field, one for one from the three, two for two from the free throw line, uh, you know, six assists. Um, I kind of felt like he was just trying to be the the facilitator, the guy who who moves the uh, the parade forward down the right street. And, and so I kind of felt like he, he wasn't looking to be the scoring guy. He may be that player that at least early in this first season, he may not score unless he feels that the team needs points and, and maybe he only scores, you know, big in a couple of games as the season starts to, you know, get rolling. Um, and, and, you know, if the team goes, Three and zero, maybe he only needs to score seven points for this team to be successful. Yeah, and he's done a really good job of handling the basketball. And yes, how about how about the unsung hero? And not just tonight, but the game prior to is Jay Nepps. <laughs> all these recruiting articles and all these times we've seen these kids play, it's there. The, the talent is there, and they're performing. It's a, it's really nice to see Illinois be relevant. I'm just sorry. I know they've won a lot of games the last four or five years, but it's just nice to see knowing the fact that when they take the court, they can still beat you without the king on the court because a lot of people thought it would look differently, and it's fun to watch. I mean, it really is, and, and they've learned to play without him. Yeah, well, and and as I look at it, you know, um, it, it's, it's interesting. You see Jaden Epps, you know, he shot eight for 12, including five for nine from the three. Um, you know, he was one that wasn't as highly recruited. Brad was all over, you know, on how good he was. You know, you were a proponent of how good he was. And it certainly seems like 
at least early on. Now it's three games in, and, and you we you and I have been around long enough to know that that does not a season make. But early on, it looks like he's trying to prove the uh, the guys who do the star ratings uh, prove them wrong. And as we all know, the more stars a kid has, you know, in terms of his rating, the better chance that he is going to be a big time player. But there's no guarantees, and um, you know, Epps right now is certainly looking like a player who really, you know, when he gets the ball, he can score, whether he's going to knock one down for three or drive it right down the lane. Um, and, and I guess, you know, he kind of reminds me of a quicker Fred Van Vliet. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, one of my AAU teams, you know, we had, we got a chance to watch him play quite a bit and, um, Epps, like I said, he just reminds me of a guy with about a half step quicker speed. And of course, Fred's got a nice NBA career going. So um, that's kind of scary if you think what he could put together um, as he develops himself. And the other guy that I'm, and this was one that I know, like I said, Brad was, was probably the first guy on the Jay Epps bandwagon. And, um, you know, our, our guy who does some of our ratings for us, Connor Kegley was huge on sincere Harris, not that he was going to be a superstar, but that his long-term ceiling was very high. And, you know, he's out there and, and admittedly looks like he could use a little bit of weight and a little bit of fletch training, but man, his athleticism and, and what he does on in the intensity with which he plays at, um, I, you know, again, six points, two for three from the three point, line and and that's the area that people thought was the real deficiency in his game but he's out there playing pretty well uh so far you know what um i'm just gonna touch on jay Nepps here just really quick yep you know people forget that that came that became down a recruitment came down to illinois and kansas i think kansas wanted him but i think they were waiting on a couple of things and i don't I think jay didn't want to wait anymore so he pulled the trigger and then went to illinois so you know, Kansas, if you consider them one of the top programs in the country, which we know they are, because they're blue blood, Illinois went neck to neck with them to get him. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to admit my my faults and I'm going to own this, and I'm not the only guy that's been on this podcast to not be negative towards Sincere, but we all had different outlooks. And we all thought, and uh, people have a chance to admit their wrongs, he would be the guy that played the least amount of anybody and he's not playing a ton. And I think he's getting minutes right now, some of his minutes due to Luke Goody being out. But I'm gonna tell you the kids choose to basketball a hell of a lot better than we all getting credit for because it's not the 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 prettiest thing in the world, but he can shoot it. You have to guard him. If he if you look at the scouting report and you're playing Illinois and this kid comes into the game, you're gonna talk about his energy, but you're not gonna say you have to sag off and because he can't shoot it because he can't. He's proven that. Yep. So I'm he is a surprise to me because he is athletic. I think he's in a numbers game, but I, he's good enough to play. And if he stays with it next year, because you know, Terrence Shannon can come, but he could come back. I don't know if people realize that, but he could. I doubt it. But if he didn't, you have another guy who's just as athletic 
and you mentioned the fact that him getting stronger with Fletch next year. I mean, look out. I just really would like his game. I, I mean, this is really a good class. It's a really good class that's performing. I mean, they're not underachieving. And we have not even talked about danger. Yeah. Because, man, oh, my goodness. Well, talk, talk, talk to me, kid. Talk to me about danger. Well, here's another kid. I mean, uh, granted, he was at Baylor. Here's another kid that's a top 70 recruit. I mean, and I remember from my source, talk, who I got information from about the secret scrimmage and a couple practices, told me when this kid gets the ball around the basket, and I think I put it on, on, on our message boards, how dangerous he was and how unstoppable he was around the basket. It's like you when he misses a shot, we're surprised. And what a nice weapon! No, I mean we knew he was going to be there, and everybody was excited last December when he when he transferred in. But he was kind of the forgotten guy. Now he he's become a fan favorite, and they need him to win. They need yeah. him. He's not a guy that's just going to come in and be serviceable to eat some minutes up. This guy is coming in. They're looking for him to rebound and play defense and to score. I'm just impressed because you look at him. He shows no emotion. He looks like he could care. He much rather be on the beach somewhere, listen to some tunes. But that kid is a really good basketball player, and I love his his footwork around the basket. I'm just, and it's different every game, you know. It, it, it is, and so. But going back to overall with the team, they shot it well. If they shoot like this all the time, and you get some good post play like this, I do think they can play with anybody. It's a fun, athletic team, and it, the way this roster is put together. Mike, it's put together the way Tim Anderson said when I went to media day. I mean, and I put that on my YouTube page. He said twice, once to me, media day during my interview, and he said to me once this summer when I was talking to him at, at a sporting event, they, that Houston game left a sour taste in their mouth. They were not mad. They knew they could play with them, but they knew if they were going to get to the weekend after next and the weekend after that, they have to change their roster. And this roster looks like that. Well, and the other thing I was going to say, you know, is is let's look at Ty Rogers, who is like the ultimate team player. He doesn't need to score. But how good is this team going to be on a day that he is scoring? Because right now he's playing the facilitator, the great teammate, the guy who's going to get, you know, five rebounds, He's going to get two assists, you know, um, you know, going to be there to help when people need it, going to grab a steal, goes two for two. Um, but when he feels a little more comfortable in his shot, um, this team is going to get even harder to defend. You know, with a guy like him, I, cause I knew he wasn't a great shooter coming right. out of high school that wasn't his forte. And I was wondering how this would translate. His game would translate to the collegiate level. He's done it. He's figured out a way to get to the basket. He's strong in his passing ability. I mean, everything that Brad Underwood told us about him, he's 100% right. Energy guy that can rebound. You know, like I said, he's a really good passer, a willing passer. Um, and he brings energy to the game as well. The second unit is nice because it there's just no drop-off. It's just not. And so having a guy like Ty, and he doesn't pop. So, you know, today Underwood got mad, and he doesn't care who you are. I mean, he chewed on Terrence Shannon, you know, a little bit. He chewed on Ty a little bit. Um, 
it's, it's just the guy is fair, and he's coaching and, and teaching for bigger games. He just yep. is. So when you you know we could talk about every kid in this roster, but they're nine, they're literally nine, ten deep. And I was wondering, we were wondering if there's going to be minutes. And again, we're missing one of the best shooters on the team, Luke Goody. So from all indication, you know, he's doing really, really well. And maybe late December, early part of January, if there, things go right, but he may be able to come back. And that's another piece of the team. Well, and then, of course, the other thing, the one thing we have to talk about, Brandon leave in foul trouble. Oh. <laughs> Five fouls oh. in um, eight minutes. That could be huge. <laughs> well, Mike, you know what that is. I mean, the game is too fast for him still. I mean, he's gotten better. He's clearly picked up a little weight, not a lot. The game is too fast for him. And when this that that's why he fouls. Yep. His fouls were just silly fouls because couldn't keep up or leaning over guys or trying to get through over guys because he's not quick enough. And that kind of shows you the difference of the game and what it's like if they were to have a big man in the post because it is different because they're asked to play defense differently. Yep. And, Col- and, and uh, Kofi would have been in the same you know situation. And now that he's not here, there was a lot of talk. If he would have came back, he probably would have only played 15, 17 minutes a game. Think about how fast they played. They pressed the entire game. Do you think that he would have been able to play in a system like that? Because I certainly don't. And, I mean, I looked at those games when, you know, the first, you know, before the first immediate timeout, he was tired. He was looking for water. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. That that was that was always the four uh, – that was always the four-minute – timeout, you know, although in, in fairness, there are some, I, I knew a kid who would like get so worked up before a game that he would literally play about two, three minutes. And then he'd have to go like sit down. It was almost like hyperventilating or something. Um, he'd get, he'd get himself so wired up. I, I don't know that that was what we saw, but you know, it, it is interesting that the team, the team was, was, uh, it was really, you know, the Terrence Shannon jr, 30 points, um, eight rebounds, four assists, one block shot, one steal. I swear, during part of the game, there was three Terrence Shannons out there on the court. He was just he was in the <laughs> middle of everything. It was. He looked like it. Here's my one concern, and this is a major concern. I know you're going to say it. You're going to agree with me. The turnovers. There's just too many. A yeah. good college basketball team, good teams, you know, there's going to be nights where – Things just don't go your way. But good teams average 12 turnovers or less. I know there's a little bit more because they're running and pushing the basketball. And I don't know if people realize this, and I'm not trying to say our our listeners don't know, but some of those turnovers are offensive fouls, and those are considered turnovers. So, And I know I know. I think Brandon Leaf had a couple, and I I think um, Dane Danger had one or two. So – I mean, that's four of them right there. But at the end of the day, it's still a possession that you don't get, that you yep. lose to the other team. I really want to see them clean it up because the difference is when you do play a team like UCLA or Baylor or Virginia or Texas or Big Ten opponent, you're going to pay for that. And yep. that's, the part they, that, that's where they're going to have to clean that part up. And you could see tonight under what was – he was not happy about that. And he wasn't. And they don't get back on defense and push the basketball and turn it over. 
he makes sure you know about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the kinder, gentler Brad Underwood that um, that uh, uh, Coleman talked about on the uh, November 4th edition of the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular was not around tonight. <laughs> so um, it was fun to see him talking. I actually think Coleman um, made some strides tonight. You know, he scored six points. He was a one for five from the field. He did go four for four from the free throw line. Had five boards, three assists, but five turnovers. But I do think, uh, and two steals, I do think the interesting thing was is there were a couple two, three calls that he didn't like. One of them was, a, 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 I think, a travel that he didn't like, and he had a couple fouls that I thought were not the greatest. And it looked like we were going to revert to the old Coleman and get really, really mad and get into it with the ref. And he told us on the November 4th Illini Guys Sports Spectacular um, radio show, which you can get on podcast, go to any podcast uh, distributor and just search on Illini Guys Sports Spectacular and make sure you subscribe to it. But on the November 4th edition, he said that he wasn't going to do that and he was going to be calmer and he, he knew that he was a leader of the team. And I thought he came through and, and did what he said he was going to do. Did you think there was a maturity there that maybe wouldn't have been there last year? Without a doubt, because missing shots, he, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. And I, I get it. I was one of those type of kids. And a lot of people don't like the way it looks, but to me, it doesn't bother me because I know, you know, he cares. And it is different. And that comes with age, you know, and that's not a me overanalyzing anything. It just comes with age and he looks more comfortable and the only thing that disappointed me with him, I would have shot the ball more. He was. Uh, I I agree. He passed up three, four, what I thought were wide open looks, but he was trying to get his teammates involved, so it was hard to get too upset. Yeah, and, but at the same time, and I agree with you, and I like that. But he's a leader, and he's been here for three years, and he's a capable guy. I I want to see him going. I, what I don't want to see him do is revert back to the guy that kind of struggled. You know, you have one good game, and then offensively, he doesn't score, you know, 10 or 12 points. I love the fact that he's a team player. I mean, who doesn't like that? I just think he's too good of a player and too good of a shooter. And you're right. He was passing up so many opportunities. I don't know what to think because I don't know if he was doing it himself. The coaches told him not to, which I highly doubt because they don't say anything to anybody. They just don't. They don't say anything if you shoot the basketball. The only shot I saw where they cringed tonight, which I don't think it was really fair, there was one time where Matthew came down and pulled up and shot a three. Unfortunately, that's his game. That's the way he played. And yeah. you're gonna bring a you're gonna bring a kid in like that, you know you know you're gonna get that because he's not gonna change. You know, the other a couple stats that also jumped out to me. Again, they're playing Monmouth. We get that. You know, the, the, we're not saying that this Illinois team is going to go undefeated and win the title. That's not what we're saying. But the, this was, you know, you're, in, in sports, one of the best signs that you have a good team is they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they beat them by the amount you're supposed to beat them. If you don't Thank believe you. me, ask the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yep. But today, and this is this is something that I've seen – they were they were 14 for 15 on layups 
they were three for four on dunks. The only one they missed was when Hawkins tried to dunk that one in. And, and even with his nine feet long arms, he was too far under the rim to kind of re- reach back and still control the ball. But in the past few years, how many times have you and I looked at each other when we're sitting next to each other at a game or when we're talking after a game and we talk about, yeah, they missed a couple bunnies or they missed some bunnies in the lane. Now, again, this isn't against big 10 teams. So they're not, they're not, you know, in the land of giants, there's no Zach Eady out there, but nonetheless, you know, they're making the easy shots, which makes, gives you confidence. You know, we used to set up some of our, we had a couple of players who, just shot better when they were in a positive frame of mind. And we would go ahead and set up a layup to get them in a positive frame of mind. Then we'd set up a three point play for them. So I yeah, think, you, yeah. I think it's really good that they're starting, you know, they're, they're hitting these bunnies and not leaving them on the table to frustrate themselves. No, cause last game, what they start the game with one for 16 and one for 18 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to do that. And that's why I personally, I saw. I mean, granted, they did knock down some shots, so I'm not going to sit and lie. People saw the game, but it was nice to see them attack the basket. And Terrence Shannon is just going to be a nightmare. He's going to live at the free throw line. That's just going to be amazing. And, you know, once they get RJ doing the same thing, and you can see it coming out. I'm just – now I'm ready. I'm ready to see what they're going to look like against UCLA. I really am. Uh, If I I had to just do this all over again, Instead of playing a team like Monmouth, which is I'm not disrespecting them, but they're not Big Ten players either. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like okay, I'm going to apologize because they're like, you know, North Carolina Duke. But playing a team like Butler, um, somebody who's in a you know a Big East or ACC that's not a Kansas State, somebody like that would have probably been good as well because the the competition is different. So I think that would have been good for them. Yep. Yep. No, I, I agree. Although, you know, you, you, you know, it's, it, it's a balancing act. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, living down here in Texas and seeing how good AAU basketball is down here. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see Illinois come down here every year and I'm take a road game. I know that coach Underwood would be whapping me upside the head, but take a road game, play either SMU or TCU here in Dallas and build up some Illini, um, you know, uh, the, the Illini uh, reputation down here because this area is putting out a boatload of good basketball players. And um, I'd love to see them, you know, go on the road and uh, build up a base down in the Dallas area. So, you know, the scheduling is always interesting and it's easy for, you know, me as a as a guy who's never been a college coach to throw some, some tips uh, Underwood's way. And I'm sure that he listens to them not and cares not at all, but that that's just something I would love to see from a recruiting standpoint. So we've kind of went around on things. You have any closing thoughts here, Ked, before um, I grab Matt and get him on? I'm just really looking forward to Friday night. Um, I think, just for the fans who, you know, who are listening, you're going to see some different sets. You're going to see some things done differently defensively, how they're going to, you know, go about pressing. Um, I think because there's, it's easy to get game film. I mean, you know, it's easy for teams to coaches to share, but all you have to do is subscribe to the Big Ten Network. So I, I think they 
you saw, again, you saw a few things out there today that was done differently. So I'm really curious to see if they'll put the whole package out there or put more into it. I'm just I want to see them compete. It'd be nice for them to win it, at least to go out there and get UCLA to get one of those teams. I mean, to go 0 and 2 would be a travesty to me. Um, it would I don't want to say it would set the program back, but then people will start thinking, okay, then it's just going to be one or two people, a, a one or two team race with Michigan and Indiana. I want to see them go out and beat one of those teams. Perfect, perfect. Well, Ked, I will uh, I will let you run on your merry way. We'll bring in Matt after he just got done with the uh, coverage down in the uh, locker room. But thank you so much for your uh, insight on this, Ked. And we appreciate that. Of course, you know, just as before Ked leaves, I want to tell folks that if you were a subscriber to IlliniGuys.com, that's what powers this engine. Um, you would be able to see his article on Malik Elzey, a unbelievable wide receiver from Chicago. And, of course, there's only one person that he talks to, and it just happens to be Kedrick Prince. Uh, if you're a member of Illini Guys, you'd have access to that story. And there's some there's some really interesting news that Ked breaks in that story, just besides the fact that it's going to go down to the very end um, with Illini trying to get his services and uh, a lot of, of the nation's best programs competing with the Illini in football to get this dominant wide receiver. So, Ked, thanks so much for being on here, and we really appreciate those stories that provide us that additional insight that we can't get anywhere else. Thanks for having me, and um, have a good evening. And how you doing, Matt? Good to see you, buddy. Hey, Ked. Yeah, we're, 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 we're making Matt work double, triple overtime here. Um, Matt, we, we talked about the, the game. Um, you were there, you know, in the press row. What, what were your takeaways from it? Uh, one of the things I guess, I guess you could say offensively, but, um, is that I, I feel like this team has a whole lot of pieces where when they get out in transition, the game slows down which sounds really, really weird because it looks like kind of controlled chaos. I talked to Brian Barnhart at halftime, and he felt like he was calling hockey more than he was calling <laughs> basketball. Um, but you got guys like Sky Clark and Terrence Shannon and uh, even Ty Rogers and Jaden Epps that that feel like the game is actually slowing down for them when they play that way. And, um, you know, the more they have to think, maybe like in the half court, is when the game actually starts to speed up for them and then mistakes start to happen. Um it wasn't uh it wasn't pretty tonight because Monument doesn't like to play that way. They they like to play kind of with controlled chaos. Um they've done that their entire the entire time that King King Rice has been there. Um and he's railed off of, you know, almost a six hundred winning percentage in his league. They're going to a new league this year, the CAA, but in the old league that they were in, um, the Mac, they uh you know, they win sixty percent of their games based off of doing that, you know, and just kind of causing controlled chaos. The message that was sent tonight was, hey, don't run. If you're Illinois, was, hey, to rest everybody else that they have on their schedule. Hey, don't run with us. That's not going to work, you know. And and I, I do feel like in transition, Terrence Shannon might be one of the best players in the country. Um, defensively, I felt like they did enough to keep Monmouth off of them um, from a turnover standpoint. Um, but I think that Brad Underwood is expecting – 
something more because they know that they have some things coming in Vegas that that's going to hit them really hard um, on that end of the floor. And it'll be interesting to see how they react. Um, it's it's the last thing to me was, is that this might've been the worst preparation game that you could have had for UCLA because as, you know, <laughs> as I put in my story at the end, you know, they're about to see a team in Vegas that has the last three years, never finished higher than two seventy seventh in Ken Palm and tempo. So um, Mick Cronin is, notorious for wanting to create an ugly slow 50 to 60s basketball game um and i really think again this is going to be an interesting styles make fights thing if illinois can get the tempo up in vegas you know they could pull off a pretty nice top 10 upset here um if ucla makes this a football game on the hardwood then i think illinois is going to have some problems um but um you know this was a uh Again, I mean, I say it for a third straight time. If, if this is Monmouth and they're coming in to play Illinois, this is what Illinois ought to do. And then um, you knew 46 seconds into the game when it was 8 nothing that this was the way it was going to go tonight. Well, and and look, they were on a pace to win 320 to nothing at the end of, right. the, first, at the end of the first minute. Um, although I will say it's going to be kind of interesting because um, certainly UCLA is going to have to play um, – you know, they're going to see their barometer go, the air pressure get a lot tougher when they play Illinois. Sure. They play, they played a similar schedule with Sacramento State, Long Beach State, and Norfolk State. Um, and so this should be a fantastically entertaining game. That's what I'm hoping for, you know, to be honest with you. No, um, I definitely agree. I think that um, the only reason I said that this is the worst tune-up was yeah. just from a style standpoint right. i mean ucla is not going to want to play that way um and but uh but there are other teams that are going to want to play that way this year against illinois you know you just saw you know minnesota try to get up and down against DePaul, and that worked out terribly for them tonight so yeah. you've seen you've seen ohio state with a whole bunch of new parts try to get up and down with people i think that's going to be a, an interesting matchup for illinois so as you get through this whole thing i think missouri under dennis gates is trying to create a a uh, a style and a in a uh, you know a, a a program that will get up and down against people um, and get in get in your get in your kitchen defensively. So um, there's games on the schedule where Illinois is going to get tested that way again, and I think that they're fully prepared to play that way because I think they have one of the best transition guards in the country in Terrence Shannon. Um, that's just a professional basketball player. I'm sorry, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, the guy drew ten fouls tonight. I mean, that's that's insane um, for a non Kofi Coburn person. Um, yeah, it's insane. And and I think he drew seven or eight against Eastern. I mean, this is just this is stupid. I mean, he, this guy's going to get to the foul line. Go back if you're Illinois and go look at some of the box scores of like a Jaden Epps or I'm sorry, of a uh, um, Jaden Ivy last year. Go back and look at some box scores of of, uh, you know, Keegan Murray. Go back and look at some box scores of Johnny Davis. James Harden. <laughs> yeah, figure out. Yeah, figure out how much time, how many times they went to the line last year on their teams, right? That's how many times Shannon, Sharon's expected to go to the line this year for Illinois, and um, that's just easy points. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that that's going to be a big, big. That's something that Illinois hasn't had. But and unlike really Johnny Davis, it, they really haven't had it since Ayo Desumu and left town. And um, I, I think there's from a dynamic standpoint there are things that, that Terrence Shannon does that are even better than Io, and that's a guy that's starting on the Chicago Bulls right now. Yeah, and and, Ter and of course, Shannon has a much better three-point shot than Johnny Davis ever had a 
thought of having, you know, because Johnny Davis, a three-point shot was something that you shoot so you can get the offensive rebound. Um, Terrence Shannon actually hits them. Sure. Um, you know, so any chance, I wonder if Tiger Campbell decides he wants to get up and down the court a little bit. Hopefully uh, it'd be fun to see him ignore his coach and try to do that a little bit. Yeah, we'll, I think, we'll I think Mick per- Nick Cronin would turn purple if that were yeah. to happen. You know, I mean, that's that's not how they want to play. And they can get up and down on you and try to get easy buckets, but they are very, very easy at recognizing that that's not – if that's if they don't right. have numbers, right? they go yeah. run things. And I think that's going to be the major test for this Illinois team is that they, they just play – a, a a style that is going to make Illinois guard them for 25 seconds, you know? Yeah, and, so, and the grind it. Will right. Illinois be able to grind it? Of course, Mick Cronin preparing to come into the Big Ten, so he needs to get that style totally uh, perfected, uh, you know, by the time he gets into this basketball well, unlike, league. Yeah, unlike his counterpart, Chip Kelly, and uh, he's he's fully prepared for Big Ten basketball and yeah. Big Ten officiating, I think. So that's, that's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts as we uh, as we come out of this game? Obviously, we you know talked to the fans here, and and you know this was a great game to watch. Illinois played well. Doesn't really tell us much about the team other than unlike the Philadelphia Eagles, they're beating a team that they're supposed to beat. Right. I I feel That's like it. yeah no and and I was happy to hear from Brad Underwood tonight that you know he's disappointed in himself that you know they didn't help Coleman tonight. Um, you know, this is a game that I think Coleman could have had a big night and they just didn't help him. Um, and that's, that's, that's the coaching staff recognizing, you know, we had a matchup advantage pretty much all night and we didn't, we didn't exploit it as well as we probably should later on in life. Um, I mean, it's third game in a row, but I'll say it again. They, this, this team needs something out of Matthew Mayer when the lights turn on and the lights are never going to be brighter than they are in Las Vegas when they play UCLA and then they play whoever they're going to play in that second game. Um, that's going to be a ranked team too. They need, they need something. They need something. Um, and they're not getting it right now, but um, he seems like somebody where you can wait and go, okay, when the lights are really, really bright, what are you going to do? Yep. And so that's, that's the thing you got to cling to right now. If you're an Illinois fan is that, you know, he's 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 waiting to explode against in a game that, you know, in his mind really, really matters. And well, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what you got to cling to right now, because the, the the three performances he's had this year so far have been very, very underwhelming. But he did. The one thing we commented earlier is is there was at least one foul call that that I can understand why he didn't like um, and a travel call that I can understand why he was frustrated. And yet it looked like, you know, he didn't get into that bubbling up of anger that we've seen in the past. No. So maybe, maybe we're, you know, as he talked in the Atlanta guy sports spectacular on the November 4th weekend, maybe we're to the point where he's, you know, really has matured and is, is able to see the big picture and understand I can't get myself into trouble like that. And I need to lead some of these younger guys in what coach Underwood's fighting Illini program is going to behave like on the floor. Yeah, the one thing, other thing I'll mention is that I I really do like the idea of playing Sky Clark and Jaden Epps in the same backcourt. I oh, didn't yeah. know how I liked that going into the season. I kind of love it. Um, I thought Sky Clark played really well tonight. I, I know Underwood was kind of underwhelmed with what he did defensively and and everything, but I, I thought in a game like this, I thought he thrived. I thought he he knew he didn't have to. He took two. 
two shots tonight. Like he knew he didn't have to take anything more than that. You know, he could do other things to be a, a significant contributor. And that's what you got to love to see. And then Jaden Epps did what Sturdy's been saying that Jaden Epps can do the minute he got on campus, which is put the basketball in the hoop. Like, and I think if you play them off of each other in a backcourt, I didn't know if I was going to love it, um, but I kind of do. I, I thought it might have been a too small backcourt for Illinois to, to, to succeed. I don't think I think that now. And the reason I don't think that is both of those guys might not be very big in terms of height, um, but they're very stout in terms of strength. Like Jaden Epps is strong, man. Like uh, Sky Clark is strong. Oh, and, yeah. You know, from from about his middle frame to his lower bot all the way down to his lower body, like – He's really strong. Um, Fletch has done a really good job with both of those guys, and 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 then you got Terrence Shannon out on the wing. That's that's not that's gonna that's gonna work in college basketball these days. So I really like when Underwood goes to that, and I think that that showed out really well tonight too because it allowed Jaden Epps to play off the basketball a lot, and allowed him to to kind of do what he does best, which is just fill it up. And and for a freshman that doesn't really you know want to worry about a whole lot as he continues to develop. That was really encouraging tonight. So I kind of love that duo together, and and I think it can be really, really dynamic as we go along this year. Yeah, this this team certainly um, – look, they're young. There's a lot of people who haven't played together. They're going to have nights that people just scratch their head and go, wow, a lot of things went wrong tonight. Um, but, but there's also going to be a lot of nights where with this many players, you know, you, you, know, um, you might have R.J., blow up you might have hawkins blow up you know you're going to be able to depend on shannon much more often i think and then um you know there's a there'll be a course of uh changing characters on who might be the number two scorer and the number three scorer and and they've got to be hard to uh, scout just because you've got a lot of players with potential and you don't know which one is going to bring it and if i know coach underwood as the season progresses you're going to start seeing these guys play closer to their potential each game as they get their experience and get used to playing with one another any uh final thoughts before we uh let our folk let our fans go and uh, uh we start thinking about ucla on uh, saturday or excuse me friday night well i i think when i'll while i'll be freezing my butt off and like Ann Arbor, Michigan. I think Sturdy's going to have a really interesting two-day tournament here in in uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada, because, um, like you said, it could go really, really bad in this first game where Illinois scores like 45 points against a really stout UCLA defense, and everybody's panicking. And I just don't think that that's cause for concern right now. I think I Underwood. Agree. I think Underwood really wants to see his team go through some adversity right now. And there's no better way to do that than a neutral site game against a team that is of your equal. And we learned during the the secret scrimmage against Kansas that teams like UCLA are of their equal this year. And so um, we'll see what happens. But I think Illinois is going to learn a lot about their team going, you know, before Thanksgiving um, in a tournament like this. And I think it'll serve them well as they continue on this journey because, um, you know, we tend to forget that this sport isn't all just about March. It's about a journey right now, and they're in the first month of it, and they need to hit some things that they haven't seen before. Um, and they need to get they need to get smacked in the face um, with something that they they're not used to seeing. And, and UCLA will bring that. 
on Friday night. And I think it'll be interesting to see how these guys react to something like that, because not only are a lot of these new pieces, but they're also very, very young pieces. And I think that there there's a there's a major, major possibility for uh, for player development here in a very, very fast manner in these next two games that they play in Vegas. And um, I can't be. I, I like a lot of other Illini fans have to imagine that I'm I'm pretty excited to watch these next two games because I want to know where Illinois stacks up with some of these teams that have been playing together for a long time. And 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 I don't think any result that comes out of this weekend in Vegas is cause for concern at all or cause for panic at all. I think you're just gonna learn some things about what this Illinois team could be later on in life. And of course, I guess we'll all have to keep an eye and and obviously prayers and thoughts are out to UVA and all the people involved in the tragedy there today. Um, and I, I wonder how the bat, the, how the, both the football and basketball team will handle that over the next week or so. Um, very horrific. There's no, there's no way to put a label on it other than horrific um, set of circumstances that um, really will be hard for anybody to deal with, but particularly young people who are looking at their peers such to the point in which Underwood mentioned it tonight in the press conference, Mike, is that yeah. he he, uh, he is. You've got three other teams, I think, that are openly rooting for Virginia to 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 rebound and, and at least try to play well and have some sort of uh, an ability to kind of turn the page here, um, because that's an athletic department that I know. Um, you know, I know a lot of people in that athletic department. Personally, um, the SID of the men's basketball program is a friend of mine um, from Wisconsin. Um, and, and Tony Bennett is a national, a, a local yeah. hero in Wisconsin. I, I I grew up doing Tony Bennett drills in eighth grade, high eighth grade basketball at St. Jerome's in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Um, and so I think that there's an athletic department that's really hurting right now. But a lot of the things I've always heard about UVA is that the way that they way they handle things in terms of their athletic department is pretty solid. And I think, uh, I think if there's anybody in the country that can get through this, it'll, it'll, it'll be them. And I think they have three other teams on ironically enough in this tournament that are hoping UAV comes to Las Vegas and plays really, really well. And and I, I have no doubt that with the leadership of, of Tony Bennett and the way that that basketball team reacts, um, usually reacts to things, they'll be all right. And, and uh, but yeah, they, they, their thoughts are in, are in my head tonight as, as we go through, um, something like this because it's just it keep, the news just keeps getting worse and worse. It doesn't keep getting better, and so um, they need to turn the page as quickly as possible. Simply because, as fellow human beings, I want that for them so bad. Um, but I do think that uh, there's some healing that could go on with that campus, and pretty soon, because um, as uh, as young people tend to do this uh, and see this more and more frequently. We also become, you know, more and more. We all have the ability to kind of rebound, and yep. and I think I've seen that, and I I, uh, I wish them that as soon as possible. And so, um, there's no doubt. Underwood mentioned it in his press conference, and I thought he he gave some really really solid, you know, solid words to uh, to uh, to the to the people over at UVA that that you know the U of I is thinking of them right now as as they continue to to make this journey to Vegas. Perfect. Well, like I said, the the uh, we we put all of our positive thoughts, uh, prayers, et cetera, to folks at, at UVA and and everybody involved. Um, no no good way to color this other than uh, hopefully the healing and and moving forward will will happen. Um, as we as we look at it, just to kind of set up things for for folks. 
of course, we will have um, uh, Eye on the Illini. We will have a um, a podcast come out Wednesday night that will preview the Michigan game, um, a game that the Illinois football program is, um, you know, got their back up against the wall against a very powerful uh, Michigan team. But uh, I have no doubt that Coach Bielma will have the team uh, focused and ready to play in some uh, on in one of the toughest uh, venues in the country. And then um, Friday night, we will have a podcast talking and recapping the UCLA game. Saturday, we will have a podcast um, going over, um, you know, the uh, game with uh, UCLA and um, Friday UCLA, I'm sorry, Saturday then would be Michigan uh, game. And then uh, Sunday, we will talk about the the uh, Baylor or Virginia game with the uh, basketball team. So we'll have a lot of podcasts, folks, but uh, this is a fantastic time of year. Illinois has two excellent coaches. They've built two excellent programs in football and basketball, and we will be here to cover them all. Of course, also on Friday or Saturday, depending on where you're at in the state of Illinois, you can tune in to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That's our two-hour radio program that we go over sports that are for fans of Illinois sports and we will be predominantly the fighting Illini, but we do include some bears, bulls, cardinals, you know, talk if there's, if they're doing anything. Um, but it's, it's basically fighting Illini. So please go to IlliniGuys.com, hit the radio button. You can see what, what cities we're on, find the one closest to you, find out what day we're on. That's either Friday or Saturday. And then what time, and you will be ready to tune in for the games. It's a lot of fun, and um, if you want to hear people talk about what's going on, we're not going to yell and scream about this, that, and the other thing. You're going to laugh a little bit, and uh, we'll have a great time while you're tuned in. And IlliniGuys.com powers this, so you can get articles by Kedrick Prince, by Matt Stevens, Brad Sturdy, uh, some by myself. And others, uh, Steve Sturm, Mike Farrell, the godfather of college recruiting, uh, $99 a year, and you get all those uh, things. Plus, you get access to the forums or the message boards. Back there behind all those things is uh, where you can go and you can read some of the stuff that maybe we can't put out as an article because uh, people won't be quoted. So you get a little bit of the rumors and the uh, how the sausage is made behind the scenes. And the cool thing about a message board is, is that if you have a question, you can, you know, basically reply to something that Brad or Matt says and ask a question and get into a conversation with those people. It's a little different than a newspaper article where you just read what somebody says and that's the end of the event. It's not as passive. It's much more inclusive. So please go ahead and do that. And finally, we also have Sturdy for 30, Brad's podcast, and we have Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Both of those have a, a lot of good things on there, so be uh, subscribing to those, as well as Eye on the Illini and the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. With that, this is Illini Guy Mike Kegley thanking you for joining us and also thanking Kedrick Prince, the Illini Guys Director of Recruiting, and Matt Stevens, the Illini Guys staff reporter, for taking their time. Thank you very much.
and go Illini.